Hey, yo, what are you wearing right now? Pause. I'm asking because it's fashion week. And you see, whether you realize it or not, these bougie annual events in NYC, Milan, Paris, and London, they influence how we dress in the short term and the long term. Big name brands, household names, and luxury designers show off their new material at these events with the hope that we buy it. And usually we do buy it, even at wild, unreasonable prices. And let's not act like we don't do it to look cool because we all want to look cool. But how do you deal with the questionable fashion choices you end up making that impact you and other people? Hey, my name is Osa Seneca, and this is the Climate Doctor in OMD. And as any doctor does, I want to give y'all a timely word, a diagnosis, if you will. The diagnosis is that our fashion taste needs work. There might be one person thinking, what? Me? Please, I actually do know how to dress, okay? And even in my casual fits, I still got something to make y'all turn your head and make you look. Like, no, you are not Megan Trainer. But you know what? I'll take your word for it. Even though that's not what I'm talking about, I'm really trying to talk about the fast fashion that we support. That part of our fashion taste needs work. And yeah, that includes the designer brands, but it also includes the no brand clothes too. The generic white tees and jeans, those too. Our fast fashion is not only affecting the planet, it's affecting people and maybe even us personally. And quick disclaimer, I could easily like talk about this topic for an hour, but I think the topic has been well explored to death already. So what I'll do is first give you a quick rundown on what fast fashion is, then talk about how fast fashion is wasteful. But to be for real, supporting the fast fashion industry for a lot of people is almost unavoidable. So near the end, I want to encourage us with good news so we can do better for others and be kind to our own mental health. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, Fast fashion is defined as an approach to the design, creation, and marketing of clothing fashions that emphasizes making fashion trends quickly and cheaply and making it available to consumers, obviously. Fashion is made cheaper and new products are being made all the time. And consumers, you and me, are buying them and throwing them out faster than ever. You buy something online and let's be honest, we all overlook just how far the product could be. But we know it has to come from somewhere, right? And it's not just the local department store. Before we ever click place order, the raw textiles that go into our most recent flex have been processed in a manufacturing plant somewhere in the world. It could be close to you and me, yeah, but the more popular the brand is, the more likely it's somewhere so far away in some exploited community halfway across the globe. So that it's below an afterthought when we order. And someone's got to operate some type of machine, right? Yeah, it could be a little kid who's putting up with some wild human rights violations to make ends meet, but it is what it is, right? Well, the idea of exploited people holding up a global industry of immoral business practice is nothing new under the sun. It's definitely not new in a modern world shaped by colonialism. So how do we really call fast fashion a relatively new thing? The term fast fashion only goes back to the 1970s. But what makes this thing different is the digital age. You see, living in a digital world has sped up the fast fashion process so much that it's got a ton of news attention in the past decade or so. And basically, all of the press has been calling it out because it's 
really bad for the environment. And it's bad for the health of the workers who actually have to help manufacture these products. Fast fashion, fast fashion, fast fashion, fast fashion, fast fashion, evermore is unjust, without pay, generate devastating dumping grounds, environmental disaster to fix the fast fashion. fashion. Okay, that's enough. So there's no shortage of people talking about how bad it is for the planet. And yet, based on what we see from the impact of big time fashion shows to social media models to random people we see, I mean, it's clearly not stopping so many of us from wanting to consume this type of fashion. According to the EPA data from 2018, 86% of all textile waste is not recycled. So that's going to a landfill or an incinerator. And even if you do decide to donate your fast fashion to a thrift store or the like, it's probably still going to end up in a landfill or an incinerator. One big reason is that while we think we know what is in good condition when we do donate, we are forcing it. Like... <laughs> That sweat-stained, grease-stained, kind of smelly dress shirt is not what they can really give out to people. So it's probably not going to someone in need. If that unsanitary shirt is not thrown away immediately or sold after a reasonable amount of time, it eventually goes to a recycling center where it either gets torn up and its material is recycled, which is the good ending, or it's shipped overseas, the worst ending. It ends up in some poor community somewhere across the world. And to be sure, I don't think we should be looking at it like we did our thing because, you know, we're giving these clothes to people in need. Nah. See, there's this myth that third world countries desperately need all our clothes and that they'll take anything they can get. Yeah, they don't need our crusty, dusty clothes that by the time the clothes get there, have some type of mold on them. So a lot of the clothes that get to these communities actually gets thrown away. And they have so much of this waste that it ends up in heaps. A landfill, right? So they got piles of just decaying textile waste, and that's definitely not good for the health of the community living near it. Um, but with the clothes they can use somehow, mostly what these communities do is have a lot of people in poor working conditions, you know, close quarters, dingy spaces. And these people try to make a living by doing what they can to clean the clothes, and they turn it into secondhand clothing. Ghana has several market-based communities where this is a viable economy. You know, I actually hit up my friend Verda, who grew up in Ghana, to talk about it. Hey, how are you? Good. These markets um, where, you know, people will be selling food and clothing and all sorts of things. You know, like you said, some worth secondhand clothing from, you know, the United States and other um, countries abroad. But they really do create an environment... Um, you know these marketplaces really do they create a, i don't know how to put it like a a community center if you mm. will where they they allow for jobs to be made um for some people but they also allow for a hub where people come and sell and buy but it's not just places of work it's places of you know meeting and places where people have fun and the children hang out and the moms are working and so I guess one one way to look at these, you know, marketplaces that secondhand, you know, clothing can be sold is that they they do bring a lot to the community in terms of um, adding to the economy in that sense, and then also creating a community. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, and do you think like the community is overall better off because of this industry that's there, or do you think we should view it in a light like, oh, we should be looking to replace this with other type of stuff? That's a really difficult question to answer. And again, from my childhood perspective, I probably didn't even 
think of anything wrong with this way of living. Mm. But I think having grown up a little bit more and being a little bit more critical of um, the colonial past that does exist and still affects, you know, Western Africa, you know, specifically since I'm from there. Mm. I don't necessarily think that they are a great thing. Um, but I don't, I think that it, it's it's hard to say they should just be removed because mm. that's somebody's livelihood. Do you know what I mean? So if this gets taken away, what what you have to have the structures to replace them to begin with, you know, so you're not um, causing someone to go deeper into poverty than they already are. Mm-hmm. So I think that there there is a future where there's a better way of living, but unless the government and their structures and you know structures in place to give people better jobs, then I don't think that you can just take it away and expect that people can live, you know, well. Mm. Um, I think like, yeah, it's definitely a nuanced thing because I was, I was reading about it and it's it's not just like black and white. Um, it's not mm. a lot of gray. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Um, also, you know, you totally fine with me just like not compensating you at all for helping me do this. Oh my goodness, of course. Oh, what? It's great. <laughs> but... <laughs> thank you that was nice to hear i mean it's not all bad memories at least okay come on let's be for real i'm gonna just say it all that info i gave you up to now it's not really moving you or me to make a permanent life change for real like i could give you even more sad facts about all of this to guilt trip us for a whole hour probably but that's been done already and it's not going to exactly stop you or me from buying that jacket on clearance at h and and primark Let's just be honest. It's not like we don't care what goes into making our fashion. It's just too much to feel morally responsible for something that isn't personal to many of us. So our brains just make us ignore the sad facts or the bad facts, and we all feel a little bit better about ourselves. It's called cognitive dissonance. That's just one link between fast fashion and mental health. And let's talk about what cognitive dissonance is. Basically, it's what you know we all do to make ourselves feel better when we make morally questionable decisions, something that's self-contradicting. And in everyday situations, cognitive dissonance is a normal action. It's often mentally healthy to do it. I mean, how else are you going to justify yourself when you walk across the street jaywalking? It's why you don't have a moral identity crisis when you do it, even though it could potentially cause a car accident. You still care about human safety. Then why did you just endanger your life and everybody else on the street when you walked across it knowing that you're messing up traffic, forcing the cars to swerve around you, and then you get annoyed at them calling you out, even though the crosswalk was right there. Okay, I may just be talking about myself, but (laughs) I think that cognitive dissonance is how we deal with fast fashion. We distance ourselves from the impact of our fashion choices. You know, I was reading a research article in the International Journal of Consumer Studies, and it talked about cognitive dissonance and fashion consumption. And, you know, we have a lot of cognitive dissonance with being earth-friendly in general, but it's especially tough with fast fashion. You know, when our actions repeatedly don't line up with what we say we believe, it can bother us. And us trying to justify our conflicting behavior can end up being destructive when we think about it too deeply. So, you know, don't ignore that fast fashion makes you feel bad. You know, you have to live with that, and I have to live with that. I think a healthy amount of discomfort is what pushes us to do better. But if we start doing too much to make ourselves feel good, It's not good for our sense of self, you know, being in denial 
It makes our identity and our belief seem fake, like we're just pretenders all the time. All that to say, here's some things you should think about with the clothes that you do have before you donate. Your first thought should not be, oh, these clothes, I don't want them. Or these shoes, I don't want them. Let's donate them. Nah, first, think about how many times you've worn them. You know, and like feel that weight, for real. If you have a little sibling, or I don't know, someone you are familiar with who you know for sure needs, not wants, needs something like what you have, then give it to them. Um, next is don't throw it away, but put it to use by wearing it in your home as casual clothing. After you've worn it casually around, like to do errands, if it's closed and it's in bad condition, use it as a rag. After you've thought about all that and you see that it's not in terrible condition, like really, it's actually not, then you start thinking about donating. And if you want to donate it, wash it first. Make sure there aren't any stains on it. And try to donate the stuff when it's in season. Like donating a blouse in summer is more desirable than one in winter. And that way it has a higher chance of actually being picked up by someone. That was like a mental checklist. And if we all got better at thinking like that, I think we could become a little bit better at actually recycling clothes. Not just giving them to other people when they don't want them in the first place. Or they can't even use them. The good news is there's so many things you can do. Um, I didn't even mention like crocheting or sewing. People can do that. You know, they really got it made. That definitely helps to fight overconsumption in fast fashion. But a lot of us can remember, generally, the right way to deal with our textiles pretty easily because our families are real sustainable anyway, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? If you came from a home where the rags were just random pieces of clothes or like you had parents that wanted to give your old clothes to younger siblings or your extended family, Shoot, they didn't really think of donating to Goodwill like that. They just kept stuff around because you never know when you'll need them, they would say. And we could learn something from them, you know, even if they might hoard too much stuff from the past. We still honor them for being zero waste champions in their own way. If We really think about it. <laughs> I saw this proverb saying, you know, the man who pays respect to the great paves the way for his own greatness. Hey, I guess I'm just trying to do that. The words of the elders are words of wisdom, bang. You know, all in all, when we get better at collectively managing our textile waste, fashion won't have to feel so far away. It doesn't have to feel like all of our fashion sense is yet to be determined on a runway in Paris. And it also won't feel like the impacts of our fashion lifestyles are so far away. It'll be harder to have cognitive dissonance when we see how our local community benefits from our decisions when we do make the right decisions and share fashion. Well, just like that, we're done with another episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. It's been a minute since I was last here. Um, yeah, just, you know, school life. But thank you guys for listening. And uh, stay tuned. Next episode is probably either going to be with Shanice Forte. I had an interview with her. She's one of the doctors at the Union of Concerned Scientists. Or it will be a recording of uh, the panel I led as a part of the Black Health Matters Conference with the Harvard Black Health Advocates. We'll see. Um, until then, stay tuned and you'll know what the episode is going to be about. All right, I'm about to be out. Peace and God bless.